keeping our eyes on Jesus, honoring God, your call, and others. We are still going through Philippians. And uh, we will probably for the next few weeks. And uh, honestly, I've really loved it, although it's been kind of staggered in between different people speaking. We had Christmas last week. But for me, it's really, if you look at the whole book, it speaks about finding joy in every single situation, keeping our eyes firmly focused on Christ, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're going through. So I want to read it out of the message just because it's really simple and uh, I like simple stuff. I'm not saying that I have this all together. Basically, in the previous verses, Paul was writing about that attain to the resurrection of the dead, becoming like Christ. He says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ. Can we say it together? Reaching out for Christ. Okay, there we go. Let's try it again. Reaching out for Christ. So I didn't actually lead that well. Who has so wondrously reached out for me. So God has reached into my heart. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means, I do, uh, I do count myself uh, as an expert in all of this, but I have my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. I absolutely love that. Uh, and just, the, uh, Eugene Peterson wrote this in, in language that we can understand. And if those of you are starting out to read the Bible, and you just want to just be encouraged by it, start, start with the message, then kind of move on from there. But the message is a great great way to get you going. So let's keep focused on that goal, which is Jesus, those of us who want everything that God has for us. And you have, to, you have to honestly sometimes make an assessment in yourself and say, do I want absolutely everything that God has for me? Because I've said it many times to the Father. Because some of us, we can, we can so live, um, and I've said this many times, but if, with a foot in the, in the world and a foot in, in, in the kingdom of God, and we kind of straddle along that place. I'm not even talking about sinning, but I'm talking about our focus is here and our focus is a little bit there. If we understand that it's about getting our, getting our eyes focused on the King, on Jesus, not looking back, straining towards Him, which is the goal, which is found in Christ, our calling, our inheritance, everything is found within Him, our lives will be different. Um... If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. Christianity is never meant to be about a half-baked understanding of who God is. It's all in. It's absolutely everything. And I think, and it says, in, in other versions it says, God will give you revelation of this. God will make understanding that actually it's not about you, that it's about His kingdom that He's is, that is building for it, and He's actually calling you to throw absolutely everything in, your life changed, become radical, I've honestly grown up with this thing inside of my heart from, from being saved whenever it was 10, 12 years ago that we are called as a people to be absolutely radical. And, and anything less is not of God. God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Go to the next one, please. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those who keep running the same course, headed for the same goal. There are many... There are many out there p- other paths, choosing other goals, trying to get uh, you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I have to say it again, they all want easy street. I love that. That's Dubai, okay. Everyone wants easy street. Everyone wants someone to do it, do it for me. And I think if we're going to build a culture that's within our church that is eventually going to change the city, we have to change our view that we co- this is not easy street. This is... The path of Christianity is the most exciting adventure you can ever put yourself on. Well, God put you on there in the first place. 
but it's not about easy street. You can't live in, 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 in a place that's in between. It's either, it's either off or it's completely radical for Jesus. But easy street, so they hate Christ's cross. Why? But easy street is a dead end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Okay, we'll just skip over that one because it's been Christmas. Um, <laughs> belches are their praise. All they can think about is their appetites. Okay. Let's just pause there and all get convicted and repent. Um, the point is that, is that it's all, the, the, the focus is that me, I'm God, and all I care about is me. So sin, ultimately, in, in every circumstance, is, is selfishness. Having an affair is selfishness. Having um, uh, guys who are addicted to pornography, it's selfishness. All of these things, it, it, it points back to self. It's not about the other person. It's not about Jesus. It's not putting your focus on anything else but yourself. So at the, at the point of all sin is self. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the rabbi of our Savior, the Master Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like His own. He'll make us beautiful. And the whole time with the same powerful skill, He is putting everything as it should be under and around Him. And last night as I was praying, I just I had this picture in my mind. And, like, and can I say that however much you want of God, that's how much He's going to pour out. It's almost like... If, if you come to him with a small cup, he's going to give you a small cup. But if you come to him with everything, he's going to show and reveal more and more. And I felt last night something happened as I was praying. And I saw this, um, I saw this circle around me, kind of in my mind's eye, just, and as, as I was just spending time praying in tongues and, and worshiping. And I, was just, and I, I told that to Stan. She goes, Dan, that actually represents the covenant of God. We as God's people are covenanted to him. We are joined together with him. He's, he, it's uh, everything that is his is ours. We, we need to learn to step in as sons and daughters of God, and I'll talk a lot more about that later. Okay, so I've got three principles that I think if we, if we base our life around and on, we will be successful. And I'll talk about that later. But the word success and prosperity is actually a God word. Okay? There's some uh, evangelical preaching that is really anti against prosperity preaching, prosperity gospel. Uh, the thing is, there, there clearly is a, a wrong and an excess in the one side of it, but the, the fact is that God is wanting us to be successful and, and, uh, and prosperous in our lives. So I think let's just start with number one. We honor God. Just a few phrases out of what we've just said. It says, we reach out for Christ, who has so wonderfully reached out to me. I've got my eye on the goal. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. That's all in. And I think if we don't get this first part right of just honoring, going into 2014, honoring God in all that we do, the rest of the points are not going to work. And, uh, and, I, and I really encourage you, just as a practical thing, over the next few days, just go find a quiet place. It could be in your yard. It could be on your balcony. It could be locked, you locked in a room. But just really spend time reflecting on 2013. And be just actually thinking about 2014 and say, God, what are you wanting to do through me? What are you wanting to, for me to prioritize with you? If you honor God first, there'll be a ripple effect. And uh, I've got this thing from a friend, not really a friend of mine, but I'm friends with him on Facebook, so that kind of counts. But um, he's, he's a pastor down in Cape Town in South Africa, and he said these three things. He says, my first priority is my relationships. 
to God, my wife and kids, and my friends and family. My second priority is my health, which deals with three things, eating, moving, and sleeping. Get those three things right, your life will be successful. Get the first thing right, that's number one, to God, your wife and kids, family. And thirdly is your contribution, serving God by developing my mind and gifts, taking my work, whether you, you work in the church, you work in the secular world, um, to the next level, contributing in my church, impacting my city, caring for the needy. And, uh, and I've got a really cool thing by, who's heard of Chad Veach? No oh, one, okay, my wife has, just because, and I'm gonna, not going to go through all of it, I can email this to you, but it says, um, the greatest way to get to know Jesus is through reading your Bible. The, bo- the Bible shows you what to do, what not to do, and uh, what to do that I haven't been doing that I'm supposed to be doing. Okay, simple stuff. This is really simple, but I think if we, if we learn to just, I think when I look at people's lives and things are falling apart and it's getting difficult and they strike, I'm like, they haven't just got the basics right. And so I'm not even going to say, I'm not even making excuses for this because if we don't get this thing right, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, which starts with our relationship with Him, nothing else is going to work. Um, reading the Bible will make you smart. Psalm 119 says, I have more understanding than all my t- teachers for your testi- testimonies on my meditation. The Bible helps me understand who God really is. We don't read the Bible to memorize. That's a good thing. Um, but we, we, ultimately, the book points to a creator. And the book points to a relationship with Jesus. And that is the starting point. And I, I mean, even notice sometimes in worship, there's, I'm like, God, I know there's more for us. And I, it's because, is, are you during the week daily seeking the Father, minute by minute. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's easier said than done because sometimes we can get into that religious mindset that it's a, a certain time of day that we can only meet the Father. But it's, it's a continual relationship. And that's number one encouragement for all of you. Develop your relationship with God. Simple. The next thing the Bible teaches us is if God did it for them, God will do it for me. You read the Bible and you see God performed all these miraculous things. Even a star just felt like people want to get healed. Like we're going to spend some time at the end just praying for people. We, we saw in the New Testament that people got healed, that people were raised from the dead. All of these things, and it's for us now. God has not changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed. And he's doing the same things amongst us. I'll leave the rest out. The second thing is honor your call. Can we just go to Philippians 3.15, the one before? So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you has something else in his mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. Ephesians 4 says, live a life worthy of your calling. It means being radical for Jesus. So the second point is honor your call. And some of the, I wouldn't say... In a sense, a disappointment you carry as in, in pastoring a church, you see people with, the, with potential and gifting that is just unbelievable and crazy. But they're not willing to stick it out and see it to the end. They're not willing to put faithfulness in. Or just before they see the breakthrough, they pull out. And we've seen that so many times. And what I'm saying is if you, if you feel, we all have a call of God, but if you feel God even this morning is urging something out, just stick out, be faithful, get involved. Okay, so the first thing about your call is that it's worked out in community. Your call is worked out in community. God is building one thing on this church, and I've said this many times, but he's building his church. 
We, we are part of the, the bigger kingdom of God, but within that is, is the church, His body, the body of Christ that God has called all of us to, to be involved in, to submit to local leadership, submit to another person's vision, and just, just slot in and get fully involved. So there's a, the priesthood of all believers. A lot of these are really, like for me, these are building blocks that we need to keep, just keep laying into the church. And the sad thing is that some of us never graduate from being bricks on a building site. So you've got all the potential, you're meant to be slotted into the house, but you occasionally come to church, you, you kind of, some, you don't really get involved. For me, that's, that's the saddest thing about people becoming believers, that they sit with, as bricks on the site. There is a place for every single person in the kingdom of God. And, and we really feel going into 2014, and I've started just looking through our church list and, and people's names and writing down thoughts about them and saying, we want to slot everyone where we can see, okay, there's your gifting. There's your part in this local body. Because once we all get that, this church is, we're going to see God doing amazing things amongst us. But if we, we have to take these group of people that are here now and get, them, and get all of you slotted into where God has put his gifting on your life. Brian Houston says this, this is the sacrifice of many is what makes Jesus famous in a city. The sacrifice of many. And that's the thing. In community, and community is hard, guys, honestly. Sometimes it's easier than, and than other times, but a lot of the time it's just it actually takes effort. And once you've put the effort in and you've gone to it, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, it changes something in you. And uh, we need to be, as a people, we need to be, con- uh, we need to be committed to the fellowship, to, to kinonia, to, to the joining together. The point is not to get you to church, but for you to understand that you are the body of Christ. If you have given your life to Jesus, you are part of the body of Christ. You've got a role within this body to fulfill. Are you planted and flourishing? The second thing about our calling is faithfulness. Luke 16, I think I've got it on there. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have uh, not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? There's a principle in Scripture that we need to just embed inside of us. If, if you want more of God, if you want more of your calling, some of you are sitting here with incredible callings on your life to do incredible things for Him. You have to get this thing right. Can you be trusted with very little? And uh, I remember uh, kind of growing up in, in church, got saved 12 years ago, and in probably the fourth or fifth year, sitting down with an elder in the church, and he just, he spoke this thing. And it's just, I mean, I think he went a little bit too far, but it was good for me. And he, he kind of just rebuked me and like tuned me about stuff that was, that was lacking in my life. And, um, and, it, and this thing for me has always just stood out. Can I be trusted with the very little things? So for example, Mariska is sitting at the back. She's, she's doing the projector. Can you be faithful with that little thing? Um, you get given a, a, a kid's... Some of you feel you want to preach, okay? We'll put you in the kids' ministry because that's the best place. If you can preach to kids, you can preach to anyone, okay? I, I mean, I started with youth. Kind of, you, you do... You, you ha, you, there's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. You have to be faithful. And, it's, and I remember hearing the story, um, and I went... I, I looked at it yesterday, and it was a true story about this, this pastor who who literally started in the church at a young age, started cleaning toilets. I think it was like 11, 12 years later, after going through Bible college, etc., he became the pastor of that church. And some of you are thinking, well, I don't want to be a pastor, but it, it applies to all parts of your life. 
You want your business to grow. You want to be promoted. We are part of a different economy. We have to be able to be trusted with very little. So if you're given something small to do in the church, at work, whatever it is, do it to your best ability like you're worshiping God with that thing and God will begin to open doors. There's no shortcuts. Dig deep in faithfulness to be propelled high in opportunity. I think Brian Houston also said that. That's the key. If if you want to see God do stuff in your life, be faithful. If you want to see, honestly, finances, you want God to bless you, start with something small. Start with your tithe. If if that's all you can afford every month, start 10% every month, give it to God, and you'll see, I know Gary and I always joke about it because he says I must preach on tithing every week, but I won't. But you just, you, you start out with that thing, and you'll see God's blessing come. And then you eventually start giving more. You give to other people. And for me, that's, that's the place, one of the places to start. If you want, to, if you want God to bless you, you, that's one area that you can physically see money go out and money come in. Don't know how it works. God's good. Serve someone else's vision well, and God will open an opportunity for your own. I've been on many different teams over the past 12, 15 years of my life. And, uh, and I've served, I think, the best I know how. Uh, there's times when I, when I think I haven't, but gen- generally, actually, I know that God has given, given me a gift of, that sounds incredibly arrogant if I say this, but a gift of serving on my life. I had it, and I'm trying to give it away to other people, but no one's getting it. So, um, but the whole thing is that it wasn't an issue for me to serve, and I know it's because of me doing some crazy menial tasks that no one else wanted to do that God opens opportunities. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. The third thing about your calling is convictions. To quote the great, not so great, Katy Perry, I stood for nothing, so I fell for everything. And that's the thing. I think as believers, if we stand for nothing, we will fall for anything. One guy says, decisions bring division. The point behind that is that if you're going to take a stand of something in Christ, take a stand amongst your unsaved friends, take a stand uh, on what you believe. There's going to be people that are going to disagree with you. There's going to be people that don't have the same point of view, but you need, to st- you need to stick it out, have convictions, stand by them, no matter what happens. Galatians 1.10, Paul writes, he says, Obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So people take that scripture and they think, oh, well, I can say what I want, do what I want. It doesn't matter. There's no consequences. Paul on the other side says, I became all things to all men, so I may win some of them. So we don't be offensive for offensive sake. We be offensive because we've got the truth of God in us. And I think if we just live humbly, humble lives before him with, with, his, with his hand upon our lives, not trying to make waves, we automatically make waves because we, we've got a different kingdom inside of us. Your last course is determined by your conviction. So whatever God has convinced you about, and you can only find that in Scripture through reading the Word, because it's the only thing that's going to stand no matter what happens. It's going it's to make the course of your life. And I just read a few examples here. When all my work, rugby, football, whatever sport you're involved in, friends are getting drunk, having affairs, when you're standing up and saying no, or when someone is really, uh, even as believers, are like there's, there's just a whole lot of course coarseness and coarse joking, are you going to stand, not be religious about it, but actually are you going to stand up in times when everyone else is falling? 
And uh, I think that's what God wants for us. If we want to walk into our calling, we need to have conviction on our lives. Do I have a conviction about simple things? Bringing my family to church. Am I convinced that this is God's hope for the city? If so, I want them to be under the Word. I want my family to be under the, the Spirit of God. And I want my family to be under true biblical community. Just make you just... Convictions is start with decisions. Simple. And the third thing about your call... Sorry, fourth. Anyway, D. Is success. Joshua 1.8 says this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the first verses I ever learned. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. That is a proclamation of God over all of us. Prosperous and successful is, and I think we immediately think money, but it's not, that's just kind of part of that. God will, we, we, we don't have a ton of money in our, in our bank account, but God always looks after us. We, we, we end up having amazing holidays. Somehow God just makes, makes a plan for all of that. It's just when, you, when you're living in the blessing and uh, favor of God, it's, it's way better than living in the, the blessing and favor of the world. And I think the moment we start to put principles in place, like we're talking giving, uh, giving of your time, treasure, and talents to the Father, you, you'll just see God just flood you with prosperity and blessing. And some of you, some of me, some of us, we can sometimes think of God as like the slot machine. That we can drop a coin in, and, or just say a quick prayer, and then we're like, okay, prosperity, come. Success, come. But actually, if you look at people who are successful, and often you only see people who are successful later on in life, when they get to their 50s, 60s, there's been years of faithfulness. They've cultivated faithfulness. They've cultivated that, uh, that they understand they may not have seen fruit for years, 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 and then all of a sudden the fruit comes. And that's the way it works in the kingdom of God, is that we don't know when, when the blessing is going to come. We just need to believe that it is coming. And I've seen that. And I, I know that I've sowed in areas in my past that I'm walking into the fruit of that now. So my question to you is, how are you sowing today? How are you sowing in, in, in all areas of your life to the Father? If you want to reap from the Father, you have to live by His principles and sow by His principles. Hebrews 6.12 says, Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience. Believing God has said what He has said, that it's absolutely true, that He's promised certain things over your life. But then there's this walk of patience. So I don't know about you, who doesn't have patience? Can we put our hands up? <laughs> More than half, and the rest of you are not lying. You're just not telling the truth. Um, the point is that God, there's something that happens in those moments of patience where God is just molding you, changing you, and actually He's, he's developing your call with inside of you in those moments. Third thing, and then I'm ending on this, honoring others. Can we go to 317, please? It says, stick with me, friends. Keep on the track of those you see running the same course, headed for the same goal. Let me actually read it in the ESV. It's a bit better. It says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. And this is what honoring others. It's living a life of example. And we, we met with a, a couple in our church 
uh, in the church recently, and we were just talking through the scripture. It says, let your yes simply be yes, and your no simply be no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. And, uh, and for me, that just, it's, it's about honoring others. So first of all, we honor others' time. If, uh, if someone says we're going to have this party, we're going to do this at a certain time, arrive on time. Simple. Just get, just get those disciplines in place. Honor others' efforts. And can I say, what happens in Dubai often is that people get invited somewhere, they're kind of semi-committed. We'll say, oh, we'll see you, I'll see you there. And they don't end up coming because something better actually comes along. We need, we need to be people of conviction that honors other people's time. Even if the, you get given tickets to Cirque du Soleil, Michael Jackson, if anyone wants to give to me, Christmas gift. Um, but uh, even if that comes along, you go to your original commitment. And as believers, we need to live by that thing. If, if you're going to say you're going to be somewhere, be there. Be on time every time. I read a brilliant article. Some of you saw it on my Facebook about entrepreneurs. And it's the, the, one of the key successes of an entrepreneur is being on time every time without excuse. So if you want to be successful in life, successful in the kingdom of God, be on time every time without excuse. Simple. In the old days, it says, honor your word or your commitments. In the old days, their word was their bond. We need, we need, as believers, get back to that place where when we say something, it's not going to be like, okay, so I'll, I'll approach someone and say, oh, would you mind doing this? I shouldn't have to go back to them and ask them again if they're going to do it. I should be like, okay, they said yes, they heard what I was saying, they, if, if they have to repeat it back to you, then that's great, but then they do that thing. And you almost don't have to follow up, and that for me is self-leadership. It's, it's understanding to say, you know what, I said I'm going to be there, and it speaks a lot about character. A lot of the stuff is just character stuff. Go read through Proverbs. It, it nails you. You sit there and you're like, oh, God, help me. Because at the end of the day, God is he's, he's wanting to build a resilient, strong people who are an example to the world. So if you get an email, answer it. All these things, just simple, simple stuff. Honor, honor others' gifts. And this is a, a whole other subject. But Jesus wasn't honored in his hometown and they saw no miracles. Can't get onto that now, sorry. Honor your leaders. Okay, I'm a leader saying this, but uh, I think I've got it here somewhere. Hebrews. Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who are given account. So for me, those who aspire to leadership, go read the scripture because it's scary that I have to give an account for every single person. That's why we count who is in church. That's why we, we go through the, the list because I have to give an account uh, for every single one of you. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. Okay. Proverbs 10.9. Can we go to the next one? Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. And uh, integrity for me is, is a big word. It's a big idea in, in, in the Bible, but it's something that we as believers need to have ingrained inside of us. We need to have an integrity button on our hearts. So I've listed a few things. Do you have integrity in the workplace? How you treat your staff? Do you do what you say you're going to do? Some of you own your own business. Some of you don't. Some of you are under a staff. Some of you uh, have to report directly to a boss. When you say something like, I'm going to do this thing, do you go do it? Because it, for me, a testimony of believers is, is way, is so important, especially in a city like this. 
If we want people to come to Christ, we have to, our lives need to exemplify something of who Christ is. Um, integrity builds your testimony. And for me, I love those two verses because it almost speaks about that uh, it's like if you had to take a balloon and blow it up, blow it up, blow it up, you don't know when that thing is going to pop. And then all of a sudden it pops. That is what it's like when you have no integrity. When you don't have integrity in, in your job, uh, amongst your family and what you watch, all this kind of thing. You, you, don't see any, you almost don't see effects. Some people may be able to see it from a distance, but then all of a sudden it blows, it blows, and then it explodes. And I think if we can learn to put these principles... I love that. It says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. And that's on every area of your life. Take a scan over your life and just ask, say, say to the Father, God, would you convict me of areas that I need to change? Is there areas that I'm not walking in integrity, where there are crooked paths in my life? Because, Father, I don't want, I don't want to, to all of a sudden, I can tell you, people say, oh, we live under grace. Okay, cool. I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, I've had, I've had friends who've fallen in ministry because they've, because they've started walking slightly on a crooked path and they got worse and worse and worse and eventually there's the path they should be on but they're like over there. They end up having an affair. They, they get a girl pregnant. She's messed up. Messed up their, their family, their children, everything because there was no integrity. And here's the thing. We want to be a, a church that we, we, where confession is actually celebrated, where people come to me, could be to another leader, to open lounge leader, and say, listen, I've been messing up. I want to make things different. I don't want, my, I don't want things to all of a sudden go haywire. Let us be like Zacchaeus. Ryan led the prayer meeting last week, and he just brought up a thing where Zacchaeus... Um, Jesus was coming to town, and Zacchaeus got up on a tree to go see Jesus. Eventually, uh, Jesus shouts him, come down from the tree. We know, all know that song. And um, he came, and, and, he, and he had tea with Zacchaeus, and ended up, Zacchaeus repented and changed every part of his life. He owed the people that he had ripped off. He paid them back. And, uh, and I feel that there's something of what has to happen today, is that where there's been crooked paths in our lives, God, by his grace, is saying, this is what I'm highlighting in your life. This is what I need you to change. Okay, on that light note, <laughs> I'm going to pray. And then we, we, got, we want to honor a few people in the church who have served over the years. Some of them aren't here. Either they've been away or they're, they're having a break. But um, I'm going to pray. Then Star's going to come up and we're going to honor a few people. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we pray that... Um, just, just even what I've ended, Lord, just uh, that, that living a life of integrity, but it always starts with honoring you first, honoring your call, then autom- an, automatically thing, an automatic thing is us living a life of integrity before you, Father. We want to be like shining lights in the city. We want to look different. We want to show that we're part of a different kingdom. Father, I pray that uh, just that the, the thing about crooked paths, if there's anyone sitting here that is that has crooked paths in whatever it could be. It could be home life. It could be in what they're looking at. It could be in their business. It could be in their, in their workplace. Maybe, maybe you're actually siphoning money off the side or you're doing something a little bit underhanded. I pray, God, that today there would be repentance. There would be a changing of mind. There would be, Lord God, I say, Father, I acknowledge that I've sinned. And, Lord God, I want to come back on the path. I don't want to go down crooked paths. Just take a bit of time if, if that is you.
Because God is wanting... See, if, we, if you look at people who are successful as believers, they've put His principles in place. Honor God, honor calling, honor others. Thank you, Father. Amen.